What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Farrow. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. Welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestler and broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. At the board, as usual, Spidey. He's a little micless right now, guys, so there'll be no response from Spidey today. We want to tell you, he wants to say, Maria, first lady of wrestling, he loves you, he misses you, and he can't wait to speak to you next week. But right now, he is probably going to produce... One of the greatest bands to ever hit the Long Island market. But first, let's talk a little wrestling news. As we know, we are a variety show. You notice I'm Farrow Liss at the dais, but Farrow is on the stage as he's a guest tonight, and I am very excited. But we'll start off, guys, with WWE legend Kevin Nash. Disturbing remarks lead to a wellness check. Nash's son tragically died in October, WWE legend Kevin Nash. Disturbingly, comments reflecting on the death of his son prompted a wellness check by Florida authorities on Wednesday. The sheriff's office confirmed with Fox News Digital on Thursday that deputies performed a wellness check. Nash told authorities he had no intention on the remarks he had made. First off, guys, I am glad that this is a one example where social media is something that we need, right? Nothing, I couldn't imagine anything worse being than losing a child. That, um, something like that is probably almost not, you can't recover from it. Um, and I can only imagine what, you know, no matter what you feel about Kevin Nash's political beliefs, or maybe you hated him as a wrestler, I don't know. But um, no man uh, deserves that. And, uh, you know, I continually pray, pray for Kevin Nash's health and his well-being. Um, I got to give Sean Oliver some credit. Sean Oliver on the show was kind of taken aback when Nash made those comments. And you could see that Oliver has a relationship with Kevin Nash and he was quite concerned for him. So 
again, prayers for Kevin Nash. Um, and hopefully he sticks by what he told the police. Guys, before we get to the main part of the show, Wisteria Hall, I wanted to speak about last Saturday. Uh, last Saturday we had Enzo Amore in house, and then we had uh, promoter agent Eric Sims in house. Um, the conversation led to a discussion about Dan Marotti, right? And we all know the issues that we had with Dan, and unfortunately, Dan passed away. Um, a lot of people reached out to the show and were just weren't happy that we were discussing Marotti. Uh, you know, the the guy tragically passed away. I want to I want to make a few things clear. All right. I think everyone knows by the, at this point that I write the show, right, for Monty and Farrell. And all the questions and the interviews are written up for me and Farrell. And first I want to say my partner should have no responsibility to, like, especially when it comes to this, right? He, you know, he gets a script, he reads it, and, you know, and he stands by it no matter how he feels. Um, so I want to make it clear that if you were offended by the Marathi comments, it, it totally lies on me. Now, when I mean comments, it was a conversation uh, with Eric Sims about his loyalty to his his uh, his wrestlers, right? His clientele. And I wanted to know where he stood uh, when people uh, go against his clients. And for, for the example, no matter how you feel about Tony Atlas... Tony Atlas was, at one point, a client of Eric Sims. And I wanted, or we wanted to know, you know, where he stood there. Uh, the one thing I was disappointed in Sims about is Sims still walked the middle line. And, I, you know, it's clear I, I'm a believer in you have to take sides. One of the best things that were ever said were when Money, Inc. was in here and Ted DiBiase said, if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. One of the great quotes I've ever heard in my entire life, in my 55 years of living, I, I was taken aback by that quote. I am a believer that no matter what it is, you take sides on a sports team, you take sides in politics, you take sides in religion, and you take sides in relationship, and that's the way it should be. It doesn't mean you should disrespect someone that doesn't, or takes the other side. It just means you take a side. I also believe that people have a right to agree or dis disagree uh and that was made clear to me all week by so many people out there and i thank you for that one i believe was ujb2 and uh and again if i got this wrong i apologize right but um i love and respect that you came to us and clearly told us how you felt that we were disrespecting dan marotti there's nothing wrong with that the final point I want to make is I don't feel we were disrespecting Marathi. And the one person I think that got that, and I want to thank him for that, is Phil. Phil Phil, Phil wrote, and he said, hey, I want to thank you for keeping Dan's memory alive. And guys, that's what we're doing. No matter how you want to take it, we're trying to keep this guy who made a difference in so many people's lives alive. Whether it be by making fun of him, giving him props, asking guests questions. This is what the show is about, okay? It's about lightness and entertaining. 
So Dan, again, was important. There's so many guys out like on the there's levels of wrestling, I guess, and there's there's people that have made a difference in this industry. And Marathi is one of them. Eric Sims is one of them. And we want to keep Dan Dan relevant with you guys because he meant so much to you. Um, so I just wanted to get that clear. I want to say that we're I and Jimmy will never veer off our beliefs. We stand by them. We'll never bullshit anybody. And we appreciate whether you agree with us or disagree with us. We don't cry, right? We're all men, and this is what it's all about. Here's one thing we are empathetic about, the passing of Jay Briscoe, one half of the Briscoe brothers. Um, Our prayers are with him and his family. Uh, I believe one of his daughters went in for surgery. Uh, She may have lost the ability to walk. Jay obviously has passed away. Um, when you watch this week and wrestling this week, I think you'll see that Farrow got pretty emotional about the passing of uh, Briscoe. And uh, let's forget about the wrestling portion of it. This is a man who will no longer be able to see his children again, to be able to see his wife, and be able to see his brother. And again, no family. Kevin Nash, Briscoe or anybody else that has lost someone that close should have to go through that. But here's an example of a gentleman that decided to take advantage of this. Uh, I was on Twitter the other day, and a guy named Paul D. Sissio, I guess he felt this was really good timing to get a million views or two million views or whatever. He took it down now, but I just want to read what he had written right after the passing of Briscoe. Rest in, rest in power is trending because of a white homophobic wrestler died in a car crash. So I think it's a great time to remind everybody that the phrase is reserved exclusively for people who died fighting systematic oppression. This is uncalled for. You could have your beliefs. You could have your rights to say what you want to say. But the one thing you shouldn't do is kick anybody while they're down and realize and show some empathy, no matter how you feel for them or about them. Have some human morality, period. And that's one of our beliefs here at Monty Nefaro. So usually at this point, I will say to the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. But Jimmy Farrow is on stage right now. Him and his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life. Not far behind here comes the rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Hit that like and subscribe. Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Music. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen by over 3 million people through two channels, one, as we already know, has been canceled, and this is the new one, and thanks to you guys, we're back and flowing again. And if you're not a YouTube fan anymore, catch us on the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Catch us on the Monty Nefaro Rumble page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, the Monty Nefaro Twitch TV page. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, where you'll see the reduced version of Wisteria Hall on Channel 115, Every Tuesday at 9.30 and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Channel 20 at 6 a.m. 
we want to thank our sponsor, Manscaped. And that's not the only sponsor we have. It's just the newest sponsor. Again, guys, I'd like you to use the M and P code for 20% off. That's M A N D P. Get 20% off and get something for Manscaped. And in the meantime, show Manscaped that you love Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. I want to welcome at this time, this is an honor of me personally because I'm a huge fan. This is an honor of the Monty and the Pharaoh show. I want to welcome the band. Wisteria Hall. In my dreams. Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by 
Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? You Love it. What do you use it for? Necessity. What, what don't I use it for? Put it this way. The only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows yeah. that oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So pick. Manscaped there, is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man, it's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to go oh, do I a know deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush <laughs> racing well, stripe. retro bush is out yes thank you. retro bush is out yeah um i don't mind a small well manicured landing strip <laughs> every now and then if it's completely and i'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where is that pedophilia line that I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides of that. I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey. The, ah. The, the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I found as, it. Have, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Just Absolutely. Retro. You're like, Whoa. Wow. Yeah, like I'm 46, like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the courage to get a trooper. Yeah, he's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, Not all. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. I, there you listen, go. I couldn't. Super Bush. I couldn't say. Well. If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, with Ron that, we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and anyway. we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh-oh. A dropkick Commercial should get an award. I love it. I love it. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of indie music TV. Straight out of our Kakama, New York. At the couch. On the couch. With Stereo Hall, Bart Griggs, and Jimmy Farrow. Glad to have you guys. Guys, guys, I'm personally a huge fan. And I've been looking forward to the show for a very, very long time. And finally, we got the commitment. And you know what? 
that first song, everybody loved it. Thank it sounded you great. Thank, the, thank you guys. The family loved it. Everybody, you nice. know, saying the sound was great, and they really enjoyed the Appreciate song. It. Appreciate Big it. fans of your band. You guys should be very happy. It's always been the traditional closing song on this show. Yeah. It's very relevant. Yeah. You know, there when you the go. credits pop up, I hope you guys aren't shutting it off. That's a very important <laughs> at, the, song. at the end credits? Yeah. Of course they don't. <laughs> they, are you kidding? Yeah. Of course it's they don't. They might. Phil's, they might. Phil's jamming around the room when he's yeah. watching the closing credits? Absolutely. Maria's rocking. All right, guys. What do you got? What is Wisteria Hall? What is... You want me? Well, I can start and then you can film. Okay. Hit it. It's a building at the Kings Park <laughs> Psychiatric <laughs> Center. <laughs> now, it's a very ironic, it's a beautiful sounding name, Wisteria Hall Flowery. Yes. But it did house the most insane of them all. <laughs> yeah. Now, who is insane in this group has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you sure? But honestly. <laughs> he's, Mike, he's roasting me here. Help me out. Oh, me my back. God. I'm getting I'm killed already. Go ahead. Tell him. Keep going. You're doing good. Right. Keep going. No, the King's Park, it's, they've had many buildings for many different types of patients. And yeah. this particular one held yeah. the most violent and psychotic mm-hmm. patients. Mm-hmm. And we've heard interviews with people who right. work there. Right. Uh, Jimmy has personally spoke to some people who right. work there. Right. And right. Uh, we really felt it was a beautiful name with that ironic twist yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's beautiful on the surface, but what lurks beneath um, Wisteria Hall, the, the, the facility in general has some memories for me because a loved one that I was very close to uh, did spend a very brief time over there. Uh, I've always found the place charming. It's 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 abandoned, yet it it still reeks of once upon a time there was there was a lot of life here. So uh, you know, again, I like the artistic name of it, Mike. That's pretty much it. Wisteria Hall. I think it sounds good. And uh, when you came up, you when know. you guys came up with the name, yeah. right? Was it this whole long conversation, or was it just like Wisteria Hall? Well, oddly enough. And it's also based on Kings Park. There was a worker for many years there named King Peddler. And I think I told you this story. And I liked the name King Peddler. I thought it was like ironic, a king and a peddler. I thought it was kind of cool. So uh, we, we actually uh, gave the man respect. He was still, he's still alive, I believe. He's very old at this point. But, hey, he's made it this far. And I had asked him, do you mind if we use King Peddler? And he was like, no, it's okay. The next day, Mike, he calls me. I don't know. I don't know about this. You know what I mean? Like he got nervous that we were going to use his name for a. Ba- nobody. And by the way, known. I like that name. That's a really. Isn't cool it a name. cool name? Very but nobody cool would have known. You right. know what I mean? Right. But out of respect for the fact that you know, I don't. I showed him respect. He wasn't comfortable with it, and I thought to myself, "Well, hey, Wisteria Hall is my favorite personal building to go to over there. It's it's the name of a flower. Yet look what was housed underneath yes. the petals, the mm-hmm. flower petals. Right. I found it a good name. You know. So basically, we went, we went and, with that. And most important. When you try to get a name, there's always some copyright, trademark. You come up with a great name, someone's got it. So this one was free and clear. Yes. I mean, there's a Wisteria Hall like florist right. that has nothing to do <laughs> yeah, with Want to get some flowers? Yes. All right. Now, this is, I think I spoke with Farrow about this maybe a couple of weeks ago on air because it just, it just hit me weird. First okay. of all, again, I've always loved the name Wisteria Hall. Mm-hmm. And I actually love the logo. Yeah, but I have to. Un- it has to be explained to me why the there's a snake, the snake in the Wisteria Hall logo. Why did why put a snake in there? Well, first I want to say that Jimmy came up with the name Wisteria Hall, you know, based on his many experiences there, and I just loved it. it. Just rang and was nice and slick. The snake goes back to when we were first conceptualizing our music. In fact, the first CD we did with uh, Eddie Kramer, yes, was called. 
indivisible, which is very, uh, you know, patriotic. There was a lot of stuff and, going on back know, during 2016. On <laughs> like, like, if you look at my yeah. necklace, it has a little don't tread on me snake. Right. Right. Now, it doesn't mean anything for political people. No. If you're going to go in that direction. No. Nope. It just means nope. actually hang it tough, staying together, whether it's us or uh, people in general. Or you, or you could actually just give me the real answer, and you were looking for something to make a cool S, so you found a snake. He always thinks that, because there's an S in Wisteria Hall. <laughs> yeah. Mike's like, well, that's why you must have come up with a snake. I mean, after you wanted all, a, snake a kangaroo would look ridiculous as an S. So you're, you're right about that. You got us on that one. Yeah, it, it Actually, works. what I love the most about a snake is a snake sheds its skin, but uh, remains few, the a same. A few questions out there, guys. <laughs> Lil Patty wants to know, Lil Jimmy Patty. and Bart, how long have you guys been making music? Oh, man. Okay, I can actually nail this. Do you know what year it was? Because it was 2006 where we started to collaborate, begin the, the ideas of... Days, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Me and Jimmy, I, I must say this, but I don't want to bore anybody, but <laughs> it's true. We go back 100 years. That's true. And no, over always, 30. And it was always right. some off and on playing, whether we were at a, a park with a guitar or something, or at a bar. He would come up and join me at his own thing. However... When we started to record, Jimmy came in and just started laying down some tracks with me, and it was just like a natural thing. And it just, I think it was like, uh, what do you always say? Like eggs and bacon? Yeah, well, it's organic. Like, I mean, yeah. we we just happen to have a good fit for each other. But the funniest part, Mike, was is, is that he didn't have a drummer, and he had a show. What was it, like three days yeah, later? Yeah, funny. He didn't really play the drums that I much. Never play, I never played. I was said, a vocalist. You know that for many so, years. Well, I, so you our know, drummer canceled out on us. I'm like, Jimmy, do you think he you could play the drums? Like, we gave him three days' notice, and uh, the guy pulled it off. In fact, there were people coming up to him saying, hey, I really like your drums. How long have you been playing? And I, I was like, a week. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I could tell a quick story... I hadn't seen Jimmy in a little while, and um, there used to be this like park where all the drug addicts would go hang out. But the one cool thing about the drug addict park was they had the – and I mean drug addict, kidding around, all the – I know what you mean, boy. Right? The boys chilling but the out. the one thing about the dudes. pothead park was, hey, there was always some hot chicks there. And, you know, oh, Monty's yeah. all about the chicks. So yeah. I used yeah. to go down there, and I remember it was raining, so everybody bolted from the park, and they all go into this house. And I said, fuck it. The girls are going there. I'm going there, too. So this is dudes like trying to impress the chick and he's drumming and I didn't know if Jimmy could drum or not, but Jimmy, I, I, I think I might even said, Jimmy, get on You the volunteered drums. it. You actually yeah. instigated and you f- a contest between me and a guy yeah, who actually you, was you a tore, drummer. You tore him up. You uh, yeah, tore him but I up. Che- you know, Mike, I cheated I though. Here, here's, I, oh, here's, the, here's the cheat though, Mike. You know what I did? I played the drum solo from God of Thunder, Kiss Alive 2. Nice. I used Peter Chris. I was like, well, I think I got the basics. I think it goes like this. Right. And that was pretty much it. JB2 says, Eddie produced Hendrix and did the sound at Woodstock, plus numerous other huge things in music. So tell the people out there your involvement with Eddie Kramer. Well, what happened was uh, we were looking to really just get you know, we, we I don't want to call it classic rock, but hey, you know, there's roots. Uh, we wanted to that's find fair. who is the preeminent guy who, that's who, done who, the kiss. Who is the man of Hendrix, classic rock? Zeppelin. Stones. Zeppelin. Beatles. So, he did all yeah. you need is love. So we uh, shot out an email to his place, and they promptly ignored it. Right. And then As they know, should. A, little, a little persistence. We sent a, a, a little. A lot. <laughs> How about a year's worth? So we sent. I it. swear, Mike, a year's worth of, of continuing to stay in touch. Was He's it Amanda? Like, yeah, Amanda. Amanda was the secretary, wasn't that's she? Right. And yep, so then, that's right. You know, he says, he says this crack. He's like, oh, you know, I hear what you guys did. It's pretty good. But 
You could really use a producer. I'm yeah. Like, no shit, dude. That's why we contacted you. That's right. Yeah. And then, like, we kind of didn't hear from him for a while, but me and Jimmy had this discussion. We're like, all right. One more try. We, we were about up, to stop. And we did call one more other try. people. Yes, Jack Douglas from Aerosmith. But also, Steve, was it Steve Thompson from the Eagles? Is that the right one? Right. Or, uh, or was it another fella? Anyway, like, we were Ted trying another time. Ted Jensen, the, right. Um, Steve Thompson was mastery. from Guns N' Roses. I knew him too. So long story right. short, we did follow up, and finally he's like, well, I said, please, we have it ready. We want him on the calendar. So he put us on the calendar. He put us on the calendar. And then After he, a year. And as he spoke to us, he was like, oh, our greatest friend. And we had these messages, and uh, him and Jimmy hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was magnificent. He was everything that his resume says he is. You knew right away that you were working with a legend. You knew right away. And I, I want to ask him, what is it that makes you get your end product? And he would, he just told me fairy dust. Hmm. He was very proud of his capabilities, but he certainly, like the magician who doesn't tell the trick. Right. He was absolutely amazing. Uh, and the greatest moment of the whole process, which was only about 30 days with Eddie. I almost right. feel like making a film or 30 Days with Eddie because that's what it was. 30 days of a lot of work doing 10 tracks for the debut record. And my favorite part was when we did In My Dreams where he said, this is a, this is a hit. And he did reflect on wishing that it would, had been the 70s, the 1970s, because he felt that that song would have been absolutely... Yeah, no, he was right. He wasn't... You know, it was and, great working and, with and him. And it should note, as Jimmy says this, he's not one to like blow smoke. No, he's not giving fact, compliments out easy. Right. He's not going to just nope. be like, oh, everything you guys did nope. is great. Nope. But that's not yep. anything but the truth. So when he was complimenting, it was sort of like... It was nice. Like, wow. It's nice know, to hear great. that. It's like, telling, it's like Hulk Hogan telling you, you know, you lock up well, Mike. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got, well, I got to tell you, like, you know, I think I told you guys that Back in the day when I used an iPod, to put your music on my iPod yeah. because you guys were iPod worthy. And that, to Thank me, you. that was a serious thing. Thank like, you. I yeah. didn't put shit music on my iPod, right? Because I was working <laughs> out. I wanted to listen to good music that right. I was going to enjoy and not have to skip past shit like when you were growing up and you had a disc man and you liked song one and then you had to get past song two through eight to get right. to song nine, right? And if you had a cassette, that took even longer. <laughs> so, look, <laughs> you know, in the older. beginning of the show, I talked about the loss of Briscoe, right? Um, yeah. And. You know, again, I've been listening to all the tributes that have man, been going I love on Jay, for this I man. I love Jay Briscoe, man. Oh. But he was the thing. I, I was listening to a lot of grown men cry on air. Just mm. like fans mm-hmm. breaking down and crying. And I kept yeah. saying to myself, like, man. And I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but I was thinking to myself, God, I, I just can't see myself crying. Like, you know, upset, yeah. You know what I mean? Moved, yes, mm-hmm. but crying for someone like I, I could cry for children that are starving oh, in course. Africa, we all are starving here, I got that, or animals that are being tortured. Oh, but for sure, I just again, I've idolized not idolized, I don't want to, I hate using that word, but you know, looked up mentors, to. look up, looked up. But to. my question to both of you is this mm. Have you ever cried for someone? Other than a friend or family member. And if you did, who? You mean in the entertainment industry or movie stars? Celebrities or or anybody outside your inner circle of family and friends. I think I did, and I know I have. And I think sometimes it's even reflected upon yourself. Like, it's just like 
you you remember times that bring you know how music and people bring you back to a certain time, and when they're gone, it's a part of your childhood. Um, and and then sometimes you just remember like seeing them when they were in their prime, and all of a sudden they're like you know dying, and like I guess David Crosby died today. And that's right. Some memories for everybody, and everybody says, "Gee, you lived a hard life." But you remember him back in the day, if you were our age and even older, he was just, uh, you know, an icon. When He's he a legend. An icon, sometimes you get a lump in your throat. It just makes you feel like, wow, life. You know, who's next? I cried like, a, like an absolute sissy when John Lennon was murdered. But I was only 12 years old, I think, going on 13. Maybe I was 13, but I cried horrendously when John Lennon was, was murdered. Um... Thurman Munson, when his plane crashed, he was my he was my favorite ball player. I was only uh, twelve. Boy, they died within a year of each other, almost. Lennon and uh, Morrison, not I mean Munson, not in that order. But I'm trying to think though, as a full, well, full grown adult, yeah. like Sting- not well, as a Sting- kid. Stingers, asking, Stingers, like- I believe Stingers is saying he cried when Ultimate Warrior died. I can see that. Little Patty said she, uh, he cried when uh, Roddy Piper died. I can see that. Um, I can easily see that. I'm trying to think of uh, any wrestler that whose death broke me up or flipped me up. Now, listen, when New Jack passed, Mike, I was I was pretty free. You were, you were devastated. I was pretty damn free. I don't remember by you that. crying, though. No? no, I don't think I did, but I think I privately came close, like I was talking to him, you know. So he obviously meant something to me, you know. Mike, remember remember this. You know how you always say, if we even made one person enjoy what we do, mm-hmm. right? Right. It was all worth it. Mm-hmm. When when Jay Briscoe did what he did. He made so many people happy. And like Bart said, when someone that you look up to or admire as a TV personality passes, you sometimes think back to your own personal memories of them, and you're applying your own life. So, I mean, it, it, it applies to us. You know, God forbid anything happens to us, you know, maybe somebody will be very upset. And I would consider myself extremely, you know, lucky to have gotten that reaction out of somebody. You know, so maybe that's how to look Phil, at it. Phil said he cried when Owen died. Couple oh, of comments. Was... First Lady Wrestling thinks you guys should tour in 2023. Oh, interesting. Uh, the, is there, we go to Pittsburgh. Larry Bird wrote when Matt Bourne passed. Yeah. He cried. What was that? One more Larry time. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Yeah. Larry... Not the Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial <laughs> break. We'll come back with the great Wisteria Hall singing another song. So please hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. B-E-N-B-U-I-E-34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Tell him Wolfie sent you. Benji is a member. Big V. Dump. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V. Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York. 631-900-DUMP.
Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence, Collision Specialist, 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. Have to find new words to say About a thing, about old days We used to know Nights of winter turn me cold Fears of dying, getting old We ran the race, the race was won By running slowly could be soon we'll cease the sound Slowly upstairs, faster down And to revisit stony grounds We used to know With every morning shilling spent Made no sense to leave the bed The battle days they came and went Even in the fruitful years yeah. uh-huh. Saving up the virgin hand One in a bush The other's land Take what you can before the man Says it's time to go Each to his own way I'll go mine Best of luck with what you find For your own sake remember times We used to know Unbelievable. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. With Stereo Hall on the stage, great job, guys. Uh, Thank this, you. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything better. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Listen, I've known you guys, I've known you both for a long time. You guys are like uh, a great pro wrestling tag team. How did you guys meet? Ooh, how did we meet? Play ball! Well, not really, no. Actually... And Mike, you remember the band, uh, Electric Sunset. I started he to was, talk to Bart when he was coming to the Sunset stuff. That was bon my first Ryan's, band a million years ago. We had a mutual friend <laughs> that ghosted us. Oh, he ghosted you. I don't care what he did with me. I don't give a shit. You know, that's really rude when people <laughs> ghost you. 
I hate that. Anyway. Oh, how you doing, there, Schmucko? Say, how you been? Anyway. Suffice to say, I heard Jimmy's music before I met Jimmy. We were sitting at a Burger King parking lot listening to cassette tape. I'm like, this is pretty good. Let's go see these guys. And um, first time I heard somebody say Johnny Law in a song, that was always my favorite expression. Uh, yes, I did use that phrase. So we met, and then we played softball. I'm like, Jimmy's going to play softball, the guy with the long hair? How yeah. It's going to be there. Yeah, but the guy with the hair down to his ass is going to play softball on our beer, t- beer league team. But know, he okay. shared the passion. Don't want to lose any of you guys with the boringness. But it's very important to know that really it helped, organically speaking. Yeah. You know, we got to know each other. Sure. Many singing in the parking lot. I bring my guitar, you know, and just got to know each other and talked about things, songs that we liked. So there liked. it is. You saw the Electric Sunset, too, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know? So... Look, we all know, right, average marriage, last 10 years, things like that. Is my mic on? I feel like it's not on. It's good? Okay. Oh, boy, where's he going um, with this? The average marriage, last 10 years? Okay. So, look, you guys have been around each other a really long time, oh, right? And, loyal, listen, loyalty is a big deal, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, we opened up, I opened up the show speaking about loyalty to one agent's clientele, mm-hmm. right? Walk How do you guys stay loyal to each other? sick of each other. I'm sure over the, all these years, probably been like, you know, this guy's an Islander fan. I can't take it. Hey, yeah, yeah, the I hockey can't. thing is probably our biggest problem with each other. I'm a Ranger fan. He's an Islander fan. So there you go. Hey, what uh, friction? <laughs> Mike, Mike, about 100 years ago, like me and Jimmy actually got into a text over the Islanders. Over the Islanders. That's, that's our only funny. fight, I think. Isn't that like, our only fight? And it was like, who's my number? And I'm like, yeah. I was that mad. He was, doing, wow. he was doing a 1940 shit. Leave me alone. So, oh, my so then God. Five minutes later, I'm like, Pot fan sucks. So five minutes later, I'm like, <laughs> we really lose the friendship? Like, over over, over the Islanders right. and the Rangers. Like, right. And Jimmy's like, no. Right. No, of course not. But that's when, when those famous words, you think Deion Sanders gives you shit about your feelings? That's right. That's when I started thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. We're fighting over millionaires. They don't even know who we are. That's right. I mean, and, they, and they can care less. Me a number five combo. I mean... You know? That like that kind of goes back to my point. I'm not trying to downplay the passing of anybody, but right. it's like if you died tomorrow, is someone you know is right. John Cena going to cry for you? Right. right. You know, I'll cry right. for right. your family. No. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't be empathetic towards each other. Right. And uh, and I don't know. I just I don't know. You know what? It's it's just a it's well, it's hard s- for me to it's hard for me to like I. We were speaking about Hulk Hogan, right? You know how much Hulk Hogan meant to me, or even Vince McMahon. If anybody means anything for me, uh, someone at that type of level, it's Vince McMahon, who, if anyone's a a betting man, sooner or later he's got the quickest odds of going of anyone we've named so far. And I don't even know if I would cry for him. But here's something. We spoke about influences while you guys were on the couch. I really want to know probably your greatest influences can you share with the people uh, your relationship with your fathers and about your fathers? All right, I'll, uh, I'll try to do that first. Uh, my father was my best friend. My father was a very, very intelligent man. Uh, he, was, uh, he was a CPA. He was not a car parking attendant. He was a certified public accountant. I had to use that old Tim Conway joke. 
but my father was um, just a really good guy. He had good morals. He was a little nutty. That's where I get some of my nuttiness from, probably. Uh, he was very passionate. He was also a very peaceful man, oddly enough. So I'm not sure why that didn't rub off more on me, but he was a very peaceful person and always believed in the good and always had the glass half full. Always. And honestly, I, not only did I admire and respect it, I was almost jealous of it because I don't look th at things always the way he did. He wanted to live to be 100. Of course, they took him at 73. Worst day of my life. Uh, my father turned me on to the Beatles when I was three. He walked in with a record player for me, introducing the Beatles. He started me right at the beginning. He figured, I'm not going to pick up Let It Be. I'm going to start him with Twist and Shout. And he went straight to Twist and Shout. So he cheated. He knew right away. The second I heard John Lennon singing, I'm three years old. I'm like, okay, that's what I want to do. I mean, probably in hindsight, he probably should have just handed me a calculator so I could have been a, a CPA. But instead, boom, he got me into music and the rest was history as far as he goes. He was just a fantastic person. I miss him terribly. You know, it's interesting. My dad also, uh, this is my line. Hold on a second. It's the green button. You turn left at Greenland. <laughs> there it is. There you go. Hey, my dad also was a CPA, a good man, instilled a lot of things, you know, education, jokes. And uh, as he got older, he lightened up a little bit. As he was younger, he was pretty strict. But you never felt uncomfortable, always made me feel comfortable, always encouraged whatever we were into at the time. And... Um, I lost him in 2009, and he sorely missed, and he was a big influence. And I do want to throw a shout-out to my father-in-law, who I also lost. Both of those guys were my mentors. Any, they were the shell answer people. Anything I needed to know, they were both great guys, and they both treated me like a son. And uh, I miss them both like you wouldn't believe. And I'm very happy that I was able to have a good relationship with them and you know, and my father-in-law was a pretty harsh critic when it came to music. Mm. Like, hey, what do you think of this? Mm. Not too much. <laughs> so, but he did love uh, Forever Your Child. Wait, Bart, I have, I have to ask you one question. So yeah. you go to your father-in-law, you say, hey, what do you think of this? He's like, eh, whatever. Like, he did you ever like? Me advice did you ever? Did you? Well, did you, you ever? Have to do did, a little bit more of this. Do a more of that. I'm like, well, thanks. Well, well did you ever go home bitching to your wife like your dad? You know what? Of do you course. think? <laughs> what would your wife yeah. say to you? <laughs> well, my wife is also a good critic. She likes the music. Otherwise, you know, she. I don't mind her being brutally honest. You know, she loves what me and Jimmy do, and uh, she's very supportive of that. And she was supportive of the other music that we did together before with Stereo Hall. But then she would let me know if it was a clunker or let you know if that's just too slow. Like, there's a song, Evil Walks By, that you guys will hear in the future. Mm. And we recorded a version that was, like, really slow as hell. And I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? She's like, you ruined it. You ruined it. You ruined <laughs> wow. it. You ruined it. Wow. And my son would be like, what the hell did you do to that song? So they're very honest. I don't mean to overly, but I like when people... You know, so when they tell us something's good, I believe it, instead of just anything they say, anything you do, oh, it's great. No, I like the honesty, and when something's good, they let us know, and, you know, they feel that and, the whole world should know us. And sometimes it goes the other way. Like, the time that we were doing, you know, of course, the song This Life, which Eddie was producing, Eddie Kramer, 
we couldn't stand his mix. So I had a real dilemma. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have to tell Eddie Kramer, the guy who's worked with so many legends, that this mix sucks. And we did. I mean, you know, and Eddie at first didn't take it very well. He was like, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Eddie, the, the vocals are not balanced. It sounds ridiculously too bassy and all this other shit. And he was upset. And I thought to myself, shit, I pissed him off. But I had to tell him, it's our song. I have to tell him. Because otherwise, we're going to have to live with that forever after that, that, that version of it if we don't say anything. So oddly enough... Well, it wasn't even an hour. I got home after telling him it sucked. And he was like, get your ass back to the studio. We're going we're gonna to nail this. And so he agreed with me. And he, he was like, actually, he gave us a, an amazing mix. He wasn't like, who do, who do these guys? They don't know what that... He listened to it. And he was like, shit. Okay. Let's do it. Now. And I was like, shit. Right. Oh, he said, now. I got back in the car. We went back. Another four hours. It was worth every second of it. Because the final mix of this life mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yes. True art. Yeah. True art. We got what we wanted. And, and we are going to mention, if you give us a chance, if you're asking along those questions, who helped us out with uh, Tales of the Woods, which was our most recent collection of songs. We can get to that, I guess. You know, Cliff. Yeah, well, we have a tremendous uh, studio guitarist, producer, bass player, and everything else. Uh, is it Clifton uh, David Broadbridge? Yes. Did I get Clifton that from David Canada? Broadbridge. He's, he was Eddie's understudy. That's how we found Cliff, the guy who plays the guitar in our current stuff and the bass and produces. He was Eddie Kramer's understudy. He's a genius. So we've stepped in shit twice. Pretty happy about it. I ain't changing my shoes. Well, guys, I want to tell you it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, again, I can't reiterate to people. Go on to Spotify. Go to the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Check out their music, rip their music, uh, you know. Get it, it, you've got such a variety. Uh, I'll tell a quick story before the boys send us out uh, with some music. Um, they're going to play two more songs, and I'm sure everybody would be happy about that, so I shut up. But I will tell you this. Uh, when Jimmy first uh, and Bart showed me the music from their first album, right, I loved it. It had a To me, it had a nice 60s feel. Um, you know, this life was on it, you know, um, so riding high is the Monty and the Farrell theme song. So I remember when Jimmy first brought riding high to me, he's like, check this out. And I was like, I, it's not that I hated it. I was shocked because it was so different. Right. And one thing about music that I always love about certain bands is that one song to another is completely different. But in this particular case, I, I made it clear to you, I wasn't happy with the change of music or style because I loved their first album right. so much. I was like, why didn't you just stick to that format? But I got to tell you, obviously, I'm not a musician and I'm not an artist because those guys nailed it with that second album, which is equally as uh, enjoyable. So uh, I want to thank you guys again. And uh, it's an honor. And uh, you know, all I could say is... Bring us home. Let's do it. I got to ask you something. This microphone might be running out a little power. It keeps on shutting off. So, let's hope it How makes it through now? the whole song. <laughs> let's hope it makes it All righty. Let's take it away. We're going to do another song from the first record, uh, Indivisible, called Not Far Behind. One, two.
things you said to me Started with something With nothing now we leave So you're with me for a while But now you're gone And you know Too many times we tried Pulling us under Our time's been swept aside So you're with me for a while But now you're gone And you know Wherever you go
tallow green field from a cold steel well a smile from the front do you think you can tell did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts hot ashes for trees hot air for How I wish, how I wish you were here We're just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl Year after year Running over the same old ground Have we found the same old fears Wish you were here You've been watching Pharaoh, and until next week, on behalf of my partner Michael Monty, this is Bart Griggs, this is Wisteria Hall. Later. <laughs>